Jesus was standing there, and and all of those angels were playing behind you guys on all strings. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for this beautiful day, this Mother's Day, this occasion to come here and to worship you and to give you thanks and honor you and all of uh, the mothers that you have placed in the earth and in our lives. We are thankful, Lord. Thank you for your precious word today. I ask that you use me, Lord, and that you help ignite passion for your word and your spirit in the hearts of believers. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I always like to share a a couple of things, uh, quotes on Mother's Day. Abraham Lincoln was quoted as saying that all that I am or hope to be, I owe to my angel mother. And the woman named Jill Churchill said, there's no way to be a perfect mother and a million ways to be a good one. And I I tend to agree. I think of of my mother, who's been gone for some time now, and Tavana's too, and it's this, it seems like yesterday they were with us. And I remember at my grandmother's funeral, my, my uncle coming up to me outside afterwards, and he was pretty tore up, and he was a big old guy, looked like John Wayne, only cooler, if you can imagine. And uh, he said, take care of your mother, son. You only get one. So we love our mothers and moms everywhere. So today we bless all mothers, indeed all women everywhere. Beginning with Eve in the book of Genesis... The Bible is filled with amazing women. I'm going to read a little bit from Genesis, the second chapter, starting at the 15th verse. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man... You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, or when you eat it, you will certainly die. The Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. 
So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, and all the wild animals. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep, and while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. The man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. So man gave life to woman, and woman gave life to the world. We don't know much about Eve, the first woman in the world, the mother of us all. The final piece of God's amazing creation. Someone who shared in God's image with Adam. Someone alike enough for companionship, but different enough for relationship. Greater together than they could ever hope to be alone. But everyone knows what happened, don't we? I mean, there's something we do know about Eve. We know she made a terrible mistake in the Garden of Eden. And that mistake has identified her for all human history. Satan came to Eve in the garden where she and Adam lived. And he convinced her to do the one thing that God had forbidden them to do. Some say that the reason Eve was the first to eat the forbidden fruit was because she probably the only one who could remember where the tree was. I'm just saying, my wife's good at finding stuff. Genesis chapter 3, starting at the first verse, says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. (laughs) She wasn't in on this alone. Plus, God told Adam, before he ever created Eve, not to eat of it. He had to share that with Eve, you see. He knew. He was watching. So don't feel so bad, ladies. (laughs) He should have said something. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. 
And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Hmm. So in a single moment, by something which seemed harmless enough and insignificant enough, this day and time we would brush it off as not even something really punishable by maybe just a slight fine or something. But by doing so, this beautiful mosaic of God's creation, the perfection of the relationship between God and man, his trust and our innocence had been shattered into a million pieces by a sin which seemed as small as a pebble. Eve went on with Adam away from the garden as God insisted. And they, they struggled in life. She had children, Cain, Abel, and Seth, and many others in their long lives. She had a son murder another son. So after sin entered in, she definitely struggled, didn't she? One of the hardest things you could imagine. They never regained that innocence that was lost or the fellowship that they once enjoyed with God, although he still cared for them. And I'm glad that the death of the mother of all creation is never mentioned in Scripture. But Satan did something that day in the garden to Eve that he's been doing to people ever since. He caused her to question God's goodness and God's provision for her life and her contentment. God had never left her lacking anything and he never would have. But the devil came and he caused her to take her attention away from all that God had done and all that God had provided and to put her focus on the one thing that he had denied her or withheld. You know? That's a pretty familiar situation, isn't it? We tend to do that a lot. Allow the enemy to cause us to focus on the one thing that we don't have instead of all that we do. Which would cause us to be thankful instead of sinful. I gotta have that. I gotta have it now. <laughs> you know? Not only do we think we have to have the things we don't have, we think we have to have them right away. So if God didn't answer our prayer by the time we get up from the floor praying when he did not going to answer it. So we have to take care of it ourselves, right? Our desires are really easily manipulated, you might say, if we allow. And God's timing never seems to be really convenient for us when we get into this ungodly mode in our mindset. The lust of the flesh, the Lust of the eyes, 
and the pride of life. The same three original sins are the only three tactics that the devil ever uses. He tries to get us into using our emotions over wisdom. And our desires are not the best basis for our actions, are they? We should always include God in our decision-making process. His word in our lives and our choices regarding everything. When we don't, we know what it says in Jeremiah 29.11 that it's not within man to direct his own steps. In other words, we're not supposed to reason God out. Try to figure out, you know, like it says in Proverbs, there's a way that seems right to a man, but it's in his destruction. So we will always go off course when we don't defer to God and his word. And sometimes it's based on facts. Remember? Well, this is true. This is true. So I must have to do this. No, wait. What's the truth? Is the truth opposite of the facts in this particular situation, then wait a minute. We need to defer to the truth until the facts line up with the truth. Does that make sense? There's a spiritual war going on. And we need to make it more real in our lives than what we see. How's that? Ever since the fall of man and woman... In that garden, people have been questioning God's love, God's goodness, God's provision for our lives. Living condemned and ashamed, continually aware of the nakedness of their sin. Trying to rely upon themselves and other people to provide for their needs instead of God. But Jesus said in John 10.10... The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Good God, bad devil. So when the devil approached... With something that was obviously pleasing to the eye. And he said it would make her wise, like God, sounded good, looked good, tasted good. But God had said, don't. So the devil saying this, which seemed true. But God had said the opposite. One person comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. The other one just comes to give you life and more abundantly. So which one do we go with? The truth of God's word as opposed to the facts of what we see. People continue, though, to trust in the wrong side. And it causes terrible things. Especially in these end times. And John was right in saying that we have entered into the last days. That doesn't necessarily mean actual days or weeks of this year. But we're close. Everything's lining up. 
to in a biblical way. And we can look for a greater falling away from God. But there's a great coming together as well of the bride of Christ. I get encouraged when I ask people who go to denominational churches, what makes you that denomination? They go, I don't know. Mama and them went there. Good, I say. Good, because all the differences were just divisions of man, not of God, that caused all those breaks. Now it's just about relationship, and God is drawing His bride together. And really, we need the Holy Spirit. You notice that evangelicals are the ones who are prospering. Maybe not so much in our midst, and I mean in our culture and country, although Spirit-filled churches are doing great. But in South America and Africa, it's crazy. It's amazing. It's, a, it's wonderful. They're filled with the Holy Ghost. They see signs and wonders. They walk in. their churches of hundreds and hundreds of thousands. Nobody stays, nobody, nobody stays unhealthy. Next time uh, Russell comes, and he'll be here next month, Russell Lorfing, ask him about some of the things he, he has, he'll tell you about in that regard about other nations. But people in this country are still trusting the wrong spirit, not the Holy Spirit. They're trusting in the spirits in a, in a bottle of pills, in a bottle of booze. Instead of the Holy Spirit of God. What I will tell you on this Mother's Day. That evangelical spirit filled women. Are some of the happiest women in the world. When they're really living for God. And they're and, uh, filled with the Holy Spirit. And they, they say some close to 80% I think. In a study recently that I read said that they are the happiest and that they say they have time for their children, for social activities, and for their hobbies. And by and large, other women say they don't have time for any of that. <laughs> but see, God created time. He's not restrained by it. And when we give him the first fruits of our time, just like the tithe of our income, then he will cause the rest of that time or money or whatever it is that we're sowing to go way further than we ever could. That's a fact. And Jesus said, until you understand this, you're not going to understand any of my teachings. He's talking about money in that particular instance. Because it's all about seed. And he was using that as a fundamental instruction to teach us how seed works and how we bring him the best, the first fruits of it, and he causes the rest to go much further. Well, that's an example, not just for our money, but for our time, our love, our everything is in seed form. Our talents. <clears throat> Thank you.
We're going to be talking more about the Holy Spirit in the weeks to come. Because I think it's imperative that churches be walking in the fullness of all that God has for us. And I think it's gotten to a place where a lot of uh, evangelical churches, Christian churches, they believe in the Holy Spirit. They may have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which is a separate encounter, by the way, from being saved. It can happen at the same time, but generally doesn't. But we'll be talking more about that, about the gifts of the Spirit, praying in the Spirit, praying in tongues, all the things that are still for us today and are very powerful and very necessary. I think the bride of Christ in these end times is going to need to be adorned with all the gifts that God has to, to make it, just to make it. By the way, shout out to all the uh, all of our listeners surrounding Washington D.C. Love to hear from you, all of you in Maryland and Virginia, and suburbs of D.C. Well, the basic point is that we don't need to trust in our own strength to protect us. But we need to hide in the shadow of God's wings, don't we? Now, what it says, Psalm 127, 1, Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. Are you familiar with that scripture? I've always been intrigued by that. It was one of the ones that set me free from a lot of my worry and doubt and concern. It says, unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchmen labor in vain. And you can picture in the old days, you know how they always had the walls around the city and they had the watchtowers and, you know, kind of like the prison guards, except they're watching out and they're keeping, keeping watch over, over the city at night while people slept. But God is saying, unless, unless I'm there protecting you, all those guards and all those watchmen, they're laboring in vain. They might as well just go on to bed because you're not really protected except by me. And so a lot of times I've relied on that scripture when I felt like I really had to be the one to be the protector and the watcher and the worrier over, over things, you know, in times when... You might be fearful normally. I have relied upon that knowing that God is the one watching over me and mine. And I can rest easy. Matter of fact, until I rest easy. I'm really hindering his work in that department of protection. You see, in other words, when we step into his place, he steps back and sort of allows us. And it's not by choice, it's just that we're giving the enemy legal authority to kind of operate when we operate in fear. Because when we're in fear and worry, we're agreeing with the enemy. And he's going, see, see, see. And so his, his demons have access into our lives at that point. Because we've sort of given him legal authority. We opened a door. 
easy way to slam it, just to get out of fear and to start praising God and get into the promises of God. Find the promise of God that pertains to your circumstance and stand on it. Really, my whole job, my whole life as a minister is just to persuade folks into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, to trust in Him because He's trustworthy, He's faithful and true. But we have to convince ourselves of something, that He really does love us and that He wants us to succeed, not just in worldly terms, but to be victorious in every way. Romans 8, 38 and 39 says, for Paul said, For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now that's powerful. If we believe that, then we would reject every lie the devil tries to put upon us. That, that every lie he whispers in our ears. And we would minimize his efforts and maximize God's goodness and provision. And his love and his willingness to provide in our lives. Remember, our, our souls are like a seesaw. Only one end can be up at a time. It's either faith, trust in God, belief, hope, or fear, doubt, worry, unbelief. Can't do both. And worry is like a rocking chair. Gives you something to do, but you don't get anywhere. <laughs> we're blessed not by our works not by our efforts not by our accomplishments but only by beholding Jesus and his finished work on the cross in fact our righteousness is like filth in light of God's holiness our righteousness apart from him not the righteousness he has put upon us Isaiah 64, 6 says, We are truly blessed because all our sins are eternally forgotten, not to be remembered anymore. Isn't that awesome? Past, present, and future. Past, present, and future. It's an amazing thing God did. You know, when Jesus hung there on the cross and took the wrath of God because of our sin, because of that sin in the garden, that we talked about, every seed that has been born since then from that line, which all of us are, was corrupted. You didn't have to sin to be separated from God. It was their sin passed on to you that had made you born separated from God. And God is a holy God. The only punishment for sin is death. Any sin. In thought or deed. So we all had death row in our future. 
And Jesus stepped in and said, I'll do it. Let Patricia down from the cross. Let John out of that cell. Let me. And then he did it. And now, all of our sin has been paid for. All the wrath of God was poured out on Jesus on the cross. And not only did He pay for that, but it was... It wasn't a changed life when we came to God. It was an exchanged life. He exchanged our punishment, our what we had coming... And gave that to Jesus. And He gave us Jesus' righteousness. His acceptance. His peace. His love. His health. His prosperity. Everything that Jesus had earned is accounted to our being. And we can have only but Him to thank for it. We, re- we need to reject all the lies of the devil. You know, there's a lot of women listed in the Bible today since we're celebrating women. Hebrews chapter 11 is known as the great faith chapter in the Bible. And it lists Sarah and Rahab. They're the only two women listed in that chapter. Although there's a lot of great women in the Bible. But Sarah didn't wait on God to do what he said he would do. You remember that? That's how we got the Ishmaels that we're fighting over in the Middle East today. And you see what legalism produces. Mean people. (laughs) She got impatient, didn't she? She tried to help God. We're still fighting those angry descendants of Ishmael. And the other woman, Rahab, she was a prostitute. These are the only two women listed in the faith chapter. She was a prostitute. He ended ended up being the great grandmother of Jesus Christ. Why do you think the Holy Spirit included these two women as examples of faith? Loved by God in his book. There were definitely lots of other women in the Bible. Jesus had a bunch who were involved in his life and ministry. And there was one housewife that he even said had great faith. Remember her? I think the Holy Spirit put these women in the Bible to help us today. To lay aside all of our condemnation. Women particularly carry lots of worry and guilt for some reason. To help them to set that aside and to begin to believe God has really pardoned you from all your sin. Amen? Amen. Through Jesus Christ. But you have to convince yourself. Remember the woman with the issue of blood in Mark chapter 5. She 
decided, she convinced herself, if Jesus comes this way, I'm going to touch him. And if I touch him, I'm going to be healed. In that same way, we need to convince ourselves. We need to persuade ourselves that Jesus is our healer and by his stripes we're healed. She was chasing after something that we already have. The leper said, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. But now that's history because Jesus said, I'm willing. Be clean. Be healed. When he said that and reached out and touched him, he touched each one of us. He did it for one. He'll do it for you. He's no respecter of persons. He'll never change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he loves you. Amen. Well, I used up all my time today. I think I'll let y'all go eat some uh, Mother's Day dinner. I don't recommend going out. Houston is crazy. <laughs> it's the worst day of the year to go out to eat. I got a couple of big old ribeyes marinating at home. Mother's Day, I get the blessing. All I got to do is cook them. <laughs> Lord, we thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for this day. If you're struggling in your emotions today, Jesus provides the victory. If you're struggling in your finances, Jesus is the victory. If you're struggling with addiction, the grace of God provides the victory. It doesn't matter who you are, what you've done, from the crack house to the white house, Jesus Christ is the answer to all of your problems. By grace, He has provided all the promises in His Word as truth now for you to receive by faith. To help those who seek Him to come to the obedience of the faith. If you just believe. If you just decide to believe and to trust in God. And His promises regarding you. Your faith will rise up. If we just decide today to go farther in faith than ever before. Decide to believe for everything. Don't just say, God, if you could just do this, then I can live with this other thing. No, what are you afraid? It's going to bankrupt God if He gives you too much. Why not go for it all? Bumper to bumper, head to toe. Fix it all, receive it all. Let Him do it. Forgiveness, peace, joy, love, victory over all sin. Don't let the devil lie to you anymore. Self-control is a fruit of the Spirit. An abiding fruit of the Spirit. Always there. You just need to work that muscle. Patience is there. You just have to practice it. 
Prosperity is yours. What are you believing for? If you're not living on the edge, you're taking up too much space. If you're not dreaming for something bigger than you can accomplish by your own means and your own strength, then God's not involved. Why would He be if you can do it yourself? Decide to believe for something way beyond you. Way bigger than you can even imagine. Stretch the boundaries of your imagination to believe for things in your life that will honor God and all of those you know. Believe to be a blessing to everyone in word and in deed. Decide not to meet anyone again who who doesn't leave better because they met you. Because your light shined on them. Because your hands, your holy hands, touched them and healed them in some way. Provided guidance, restoration, peace. Pointing them to Jesus and His truth. And giving Jesus the credit for everything in your life. Mothers, children can hurt you. Maybe you've hurt them too. God's grace is more powerful than any of that. Give it to Him. Just give it to Him today. If you're weary and heavy laden, give it to Him. He'll give you rest. Let Him restore your soul. He's the God of restoration. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody? Everybody, if you would, just as many of you will, as will, just, just come up here. Let me just, just, just speak a blessing over you as, you as we end up today. Praise and worship. You guys, you come first and then go and play softly while we finish up here today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for this man of God. Bless Tommy, Lord. Bless him in his body. Bless him in his health, in his mind. Help him to see himself as you see him, Lord. Prosperous and strong and free. Completely free. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord, for John. Bless him, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this man of God. My anchor, my right hand. Thank you, Lord, for the love and the compassion that he has for you and your people, Lord, for his family. Bless him indeed, Lord, in every area of his life. Give him all the hopes. Put your desires in his heart and then cause him to accelerate into fruition, Lord. The manifestation of all his dreams come true, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for this young man. We just love him, Lord, and we thank you for giving him this new home. to grow in, in, in grace and to grow in the knowledge of you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for, for igniting all of the gifts that you've placed into him, in him, Lord, to be a blessing to the body of Christ. I ask that you bless him, Lord, indeed, in all the things. Oh, thank you, Lord, for the things that you have in his not-so-distant future. We just thank you for all these things coming to manifestation. Lead him and guide him, Lord. Help him to stay on the narrow path that you've chosen for his life and not the broad highway 
to hell and destruction that's calling to all the young people of this day. Help him to be a mentor to other young people and show them that it's cool to love Jesus. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your healing power. Thank you, Lord, that you love this man so much. Thank you, Lord, that it is your will that he be in good health and prosper, even as his soul prospers. Lord, you've ignited a, a love and a passion for you in this man's heart and mind. Help him to receive, to believe on the promises that you have placed in your word for us, Lord, today. All the promises of God in Christ Jesus are yes and amen. And we thank you that by Jesus' stripes he is healed. We thank you for new body parts, Lord, for miracles, signs, and wonders to begin to manifest in this body. We command this body to be restored and made whole as God has intended. From head to toe, right now, in the name of Jesus, be healed, be restored, be made whole, be renewed in the name of Jesus, back in spine, be completely healed, be completely whole as God intended every vertebrae, every disc, and every nerve be restored in Jesus' name. Let them turn to bone in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Glory to God. You kind of shout out the morning shining. You kind of make us to the morning in the afternoon. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Help him to minister to his heart and mind. Oh God, help him to see himself as you do, upright and strong, healthy and whole from head to toe, blessed, redeemed, loved child of God, co-heir with Jesus Christ of everything. Thank you, Lord. Devil, we reject all of your attempts on this man's life. We thwart every assignment against him. We command all of the evil spoken against him and believe by him to fall to the ground. Thank you, Father, that your word will not return void. Thank you. 